Here are details of some of this week's programmes on radio and television. Later this evening, there'll be a party political broadcast on behalf of the Conservative Party. It will be given by George Bryden. <laughs> on Tuesday, Dr. Death and Mick McManus will be talking about the excitement of wrestling with Lady Summerskill. <laughs> Finally, on BBC Two, David Attenborough will be showing you a film of the life and habits of the natives at the television centre. <laughs> Meanwhile, for those of you more easily pleased, here is 30 minutes of clumsy tomfoolery as we take you round the horn. Story so far. The tumbrel rolled through the streets of Paris, bound for the dreaded Madame Guillotine, played by dreaded Madame Bill Pertwee in drag. <laughs> Lovely, white-throated, swan-necked aristocrat Kenneth Williams clung to her father. Crusty, snaggletoothed old Rue Betty Marsden. The screaming mob, played by screaming Hugh Paddock in a greasy treacle, shrieked vile obscenities, which were cut at rehearsal. And the sinister drums, played by Edwin Braden's sinister drummer, and available for bar mitzvahs and weddings, beat out their sinister message. Beneath the guillotine crouched a tattered, wizened old crone, knitting. And as the blade fell, she raised her head and cackled, My name's Kenneth Hall. That was Douglas Smith, a nightclub hostess of no fixed abode, <laughs> who appears by permission of the run of Kutch Dance Club and Five Minute Car Wash. Well, now, here first are the answers to last week's quiz. Question one, nautical codes. And the answer was in three parts. You can do it with a rocket, you can tap it out, or you can dress it overall with bunting. <laughs> or if that doesn't work out, lower a small boy smeared with honey. <laughs> now the next question was complete the titles of these plays or films as you well the answer was as you like it and not as you would wish to find it <laughs> then there was cat on a hot well of course that was tin roof and not hot brick and the third title was she stoops to <laughs> No, the answer was, of course, conquer. And I, I got some very original replies to this. But, uh, to be honest, most of you were wildly improvising. Now, once again, we have in the studio the man who is the self-appointed head of an autonomous kingdom within Great Britain, Mr... Uh... Uh, Grant Fattock. Ah, yes. Grant Fattock. King Grant Fattock, monarch of all peas mould, dear. Yes. As king, are you often asked to make public appearances? Oh, gracious, yes. Hardly a day goes by when I don't appear in front of the public or the saloon bar. And I, <laughs> I do the spoons, you oh, know. You, yeah. Yes, my gracious queen, beloved mother of the empire, goes round with a cap. I sing songs of an incoherent and suggestive nature to wit and viz. <clears throat> Let's all go around to Mary Ann and tickle a tune upon her piano.
I believe you've had the pleasure of Her Royal Highness, my good lady Queen Buttercup. Give Mr. Orne the royal greeting. Hello, cheeky face. <laughs> I told you before not to say that it cheapens you. See, Mr. Orne, she's not a natural aristocrat of the blood like I am. The grunt buttocks go back into the mists of antiquity, oh. you know. They do. Yeah, they do go they? right back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Roman name. Grant Fat Ocius. <laughs> yes, that's true. It means, the name means noble of brow and furtive of hand. Yes, I've actually, yes, I've incorporated it into the family crest oh. emblazoned with the motto Per Linctus ad Phosphamus Est. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know, we've got it off a label of a bottle of medicine. <laughs> celebrated horse purge. Yeah. Well, Mr. Orne, I'm afraid the audience is in an end. We must away. We have a formal court appearance to make. We're up for receiving stolen horse meat at both. <laughs> well, I hope everything turns out all right. Oh, don't worry, mate. Don't you worry, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> I shall claim the divine right of kings, and if they don't work, I shall plead the headaches. <laughs> Come on, Buttercup, lace up your boots. We're going. <laughs> And what a glittering regal pair of pantaloons they are, aren't they? And now, combining the best elements of spy thrillers such as Thunderball and The Man with the Golden Gun, we present Kenneth Horne as The Man with the Golden Thunderball. I just finished a case I relaxed by the water's edge at Captain Grimsby. And sipped and sipped from my finely fluted crystal glass of oatmeal stout. I lay back with that feeling of well-being that only comes from complete and utter drunkenness. <laughs> my ears started to ring. I picked one up and answered it. <laughs> Hello, Mick Jagger here. Stop that wishful thinking, Horn. This is Haverstrap here, MI5. I've got Brown Horrocks here. He wants a word with you. Hello, Horn. Hello, Brown Horrocks. I've been trying to get you. What, where on earth have you been? Do you realise I've been on the blower all morning? Big deal. <laughs> Absolutely essential. You get back to London immediately. Have you got transport? Yes, sir. I got my 2.4 drophead announcer here. <laughs> I'll leave right away. And with that, I leapt onto Douglas Smith's back, slid him into first gear, did a fast racing change, and roared away. Can you do sheep as well? <laughs> All right, we may. All right. All right. Ten minutes later in London. Ten minutes? I took a short cut through Luton. Oh. It's not such a pretty... All right, ride. all right. <laughs> What an announcer. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, I, I strode into HQ up to a door marked private and strode in without knocking. Ah, Horn. Ah. ah, Brown Horrocks, I, I didn't uh, realise you were busy. Uh, uh, Miss Golightly and I were engaged on top-secret work. I trust you'll keep it top-secret. Yes. <laughs> a memo, you understand, to the PM. 
about his latest crisis. What's up, sir? You remember they took off a show called Not So Much a Programme? Yes. Well, something dashed funny's been going on. You don't mean and so to Ted, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> no, you remember there was a terrible fuss about why it was taken off. We were never given the real reasons. We, were, we found out why. I'll just take this dust sheet off here. Now, look. Look at this figure. Good gracious, David Frost. Ah, looks like David Frost, doesn't he? But look, you can unscrew his head. You see? Then the resemblance is perfect. What is it, a robot? Precisely. Perfect down to the last detail. At least I don't know Mr. Frost that well, but... Uh... <laughs> As you can see, there's a mole on his hip. A live one? Oh, no. <laughs> Just a clever facsimile. <laughs> now, uh, here, help me to get his vest off, right. you? Now, you see this panel? Just prise it open so... And inside, a small common or garden talking doll device. So, in fact, the person we all thought was David Frost is, in fact, merely a lifelike robot. But we don't know what's happened to the real David Frost. Now, under this dust sheet, you see this figure? Mm -hmm. We'll just give it a push so and... Quetin, quetin, they're all quetins. Everyone's a quetin except me, 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 me. Bernard Levin. Ah, not the real Bernard Levin, but a robot. How can you tell? Very simple. We discovered on examining him that there was a screw loose. <laughs> Otherwise, it's perfect. The real Levin could be anywhere. Somebody's kidnapped the real panel and substituted grisly grinning effigies in place of the grisly grinning originals. Who? <laughs> well, we do have one slight clue. There's a label on each one that says Empire Made. <laughs> Manufactured by Chu N. Ginsberg Novelty Corporation, Hong Kong Limited. Yes, well... Not much to go on, but I think we might find our answer in... Chipping Sodbury. <laughs> now, I think you're wrong, Horn. Oh. Oh, well, in that case, I'll try Hong Kong. Well, good luck, Horn. Smith, announce me to Hong Kong. Ten seconds later, in the street of a thousand artefacts, Hong Kong. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Smith. Uh, as I pushed my way through the throng, I had a sudden feeling I was being followed. Behind me was an old mandarin. He stood watching me, stroking his pigtail, which hung from the back of his pig. <laughs> Attached to his watch chain. He appraised me coolly. I appraised his coolly. <laughs> a huge giant of a man. He came for me and we grappled. I gave him a quick cross-buttock and he didn't like that at all. He sprawled back and then leapt at me with a karate chop. One karate chop coming up with double push and a big beans on the side. And then something hit me and I went headfirst down the slope to oblivion. Some time later, I came to to find a pair of cool grey eyes staring into mine. An oval face swam into view framed by long blonde hair. It was either the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen or Jimmy Savile. <laughs> the vision spoke. You know who I am, Mr. Horn. The most beautiful girl I've ever seen. No, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> no. Please, 
No relation to the disc jockey. Oh. Just a remarkable coincidence. <laughs> Our eyes met, a shiver crept down my back, ran round my waist, and hid in my navel. <laughs> she moved towards me, her lips puckered. I knew that this was it. She was either going to kiss me or whistle in a monastery garden. <laughs> I pulled her down towards me, and then... Uh, I suppose you think that's funny. I realized what she was up to. The whistle was a signal to warn Chuen Ginsberg. I had to get out of here. But first there was something I had to do. I took her into my arms and pressed her to my... <laughs> Smith! Smith! Yes, sir. You know the drill. Oh, dear, yes. <laughs> Two weeks later. <laughs> Two weeks? Well, why not? It's only fiction. Ah, yes. <laughs> Two weeks later, Master Spy Kenneth Horne waddled nimbly up the stairs <laughs> to the study of the fiendish doctor. Come in. Ah, Mr. Horne, what brings you to Kowloon? Well, we're on to your little game. We know what you've been up to. It's a pack of lies! It's lies! Cannot prove anything. Was merely trying to help young lady onto bus. It's not my fault. <laughs> Short-sighted. I have good war record. Decorated for bravery in kamikaze. Told constable, most sorry, and pleaded Japanese headaches. Look, <laughs> I'm not talking about that incident. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about your kidnapping the not so much a program panel. Uh-huh. Yes, and substituting dummies in their place. Uh-huh. In an attempt to discredit the BBC. Uh-huh. Yes. yes, I have them prisoners here. Now look here. One moment. One moment, aha! Before coming to honourable tag of miserable sketch, we have entertainment. I will summon a most desirable geisha, Lotus Blossom. Ah, Lotus Blossom, most beautiful flower of East. Yes, Gov. <laughs> I await your command, O oh mighty Mandarin, and come bringing a hint of Eastern promise. <laughs> garlic, too. Feast your eyes upon her, Mr. Horn. In all province of Kowloon, there is no maiden whose radiance and beauty and exquisite proportions can compare to Lotus Blossom. Really? Yes, things very bad in Kowloon. (laughs) Sing for us, my little bamboo shoot. of your plaintive traditional airs that our ears may be assailed with a thousand delights as the tinkling cadences of the nightingale's sweet tones waft us to Nirvana. After me, a one, a two. If you don't want the Wilkes, don't keep the baby's fingers off the slab. You don't know where... Thank you very much. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> and now, now is the horn. On with the plot. All right, you grinning devil. The game's up. Uh-huh. This small bore Douglas Smith I'm holding is loaded and I'm not afraid to use it. Oh, I don't believe you. It is a trick. Right, you forced me to do this. Right, Smith? Yes, sir. Bang, bang. 
Well, Dr. Chu and Ginsburg. All right, I know what you want. I will do it. I'll release David Frost and send him back to England. That's what you've come for, isn't it? Good heavens, no. I've come on behalf of the government to ask you to keep him here. That's the end of the story, but somehow I feel we haven't heard the last of... Dr. Chu N. Ginsberg, M.A. failed. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, now, here are another four lifelike effigies with an ingenious device so that when you press a button, they sing a track from their new LP, Maria Callas Goes Pop. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. trendy young moderns, the people who are fused, as opposed to people of my generation who badly need rewiring. Now, first, trends in health. With the pressures of modern living, most people have forgotten how to relax. In the studio with me tonight, we have the author of a new book describing a new method of relaxation, Dr. Gaylord Hemoglobin. <laughs> now, uh, Doctor... What? 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 What's up? What's up? What's up? What? Now, would you tell us something about your method for relaxation? Well, it, it's all to do with the nerves. The nerves! Yes, no. <laughs> you, uh, are you feeling all right? In heaven! In heaven's name, stop badgering, man. Don't keep on and on. What are you staring at? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? What are you planning to do? You're carrying a flick knife. 
I know you are. I warn you, one step towards me and I shall scream. Look, look, I'm only just trying to... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sorry you seem a bit on edge. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right! Yes, now, Dr. Hemoglobin, uh, what actually does your method of relaxation consist of? Well, oh, well... <laughs> In moments of stress that modern life is so full of, what I always do is... But I... 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 I'm afraid I didn't quite hear. I said I locked the door. Jumped I better pull the covers over my head. <laughs> they can't get you there, you know. <laughs> but things, horny little things with feet. Yes, that's what I do in less than 12 hours. I'm fast asleep. <laughs> Calm, peaceful and utterly relaxed. Relaxed, I tell you, relaxed. I'm relaxed. I know what to do. I know how to relax. I... Well, thank you. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, I feel better already, I think. Now, trends in music. Here again is that doyen of folk singers whose homespun tunes have made him one of the highest paid entertainers in the country. Rambling Sid Rumper. Well, since I last been here, I've been a rambling and a wandering and a gypsy and up and down the country, uh, driving of my continental Bentley O. <laughs> Billy Dally Daffy down my Dingle I beg your pardon. I'm just <laughs> just being picturesque. Oh. You see, it's it's an it's an affectation O, a doodle O, a rough a duff, a folly rolly lido, chirrup chirrup. Now, I'm going to sing you a sad sea shanty sung by the herring fisherman of Hampstead Garden suburb. <laughs> it's a very plaintive lament on account of Hampstead Garden suburb be landlocked. <laughs> things. And this song tells the story of a poor fisherman what comes home one night with an empty net and his wife says to him, What have you caught me, Billy O? What have you caught me, darling Willie? To which he answers, Neri a one me Susio, by bar tin of sardines from the supermarket up <laughs> And then he sings, Heave away me hearties, oh, pull away me dando, with a yo ho ho and a ha ha ha, with a hey down, daddy down, the wind blows free. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thank you, rambling Sid Rumper. You know, nice, yes. You. When I when I hear you sing like that, it makes me want to throw off the trammels of civilization and and belt you one with a marlin's bite. <laughs> now, trends in the home. Recently, I saw an advertisement in a Sunday paper which said, "Why not get with it in the garden?" So I thought, well. <laughs> So I thought with the summer coming, it was time to have my garden replanned. So I phoned this firm, Boner Homes and Landscape Gardens. <laughs> and the next day, their representatives came around. Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. <laughs> that's right, that's right. We're Boner Homes, incorporating, incorporating Fabe Gardens. Yes. <laughs> 
filling in, actually, between acting jobs. We've just been in that commercial where there's me and Julian sat in this car, and then all these horse guards go trotting by. Yeah, and then Sam turns, looks at me, and we both change to filter tips. <laughs> He took his part lovely. Now, now let's have a barger at this garden of yours. Well, it's through here. Um, oh! Oh, it's nasty. Oh, I couldn't be doing with a garden like this. Could you, Jude? Could no. No. All those horrible little nest gnomes. Oh, no. It's a bit noddy in Toyland, isn't it? Yeah. And all that grass, that'll have to go. I mean, grass in a garden, sand. Oh, trays, passe. <laughs> no, the mind boggles. <laughs> boggles? Yes. Oh. What do you suggest? <laughs> paving, that's right. what we suggest. That's the answer. Paving, isn't Crazy? it? Crazy? Absolutely not. <laughs> Well, you can have your various types of stones. Show him your brochure, Jude. I know. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, you see, you have here your... You've got your Florentine marble. Oh, lovely in the Florentine. Oh, beautiful. Lovely Florentine marble. Or you have your ceramics. Oh, fabe ceramics, fabe. Mm. All hand down by a disciple of William Morris in Labrook Grove. Or Jewel. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Jewel. What? How do you see his patio? Well... <laughs> Wait a minute now, wait. Hang on a minute. Yes. Hang on, it's all happening in here. Yes, yes. In here, mm, I've got, got it. it. Yes. I've got yes. it. Yes. I have got yes. it. Yes. Terrazza. Terrazza. Oh, fantabulosa. <laughs> yes. And then maybe I could do something wild with a couple of creepers up his trellis. <laughs> I'm beginning to see it. I'm beginning to see it. Go on, Jewel. What about something decadent? <laughs> a sunken bird bath. Ooh. Well, I'm, a... <laughs> I'm afraid I don't know any sunken birds. Ooh, bold. <laughs> now, go on, Jewel. Go on. It's beginning. It's beginning, Jewel. Yes. Come in, come in, Jewel. Singing, it's beginning to sing. Singing, yes. Singing, yes. No, don't go rush. On. Don't rush. No, no. don't. Yeah. It's beginning to come over me in waves. Oh, waves. You know how I get it in the waves. <laughs> I see it as a miniature version of the piazza in Florence. Oh! That's how I see it. Yes. Wait, no, no! Yes. You can't have... It won't work. No. <laughs> Why? Well, you can't have a mock Tudor house with an Italian at piazza out the back. Well, what do you suggest we do? Only one thing for it. The whole house will have to come down. All right. <laughs> oh, You know, I shall miss that house. Still, they're very decent about it. They're leaving me the tool shed up in the garden for me to sleep in. <laughs> Finally, the winner of our limerick competition. Now, the winning entry came from Harvey Kay of 34 Parklands Drive, N3, and goes like this. A very rude boy from Lahore wrote the following words on a door. <laughs> 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 uh, well, now, next week's competition. <laughs> it starts as follows. A monkey who lived in the zoo got terribly bored with a view. <laughs> and 
I will repeat that. A monkey who lived in the zoo got terribly bored with a view, and all you have to do is to complete the limerick and answers, please, on a postcard to Round the Horn, Cal BBC, London, W1. And to the sender of the best postcard goes this week's prize of an electric toothbrush, especially designed for people with electric teeth. Cheerio. <laughs> See you next week. All right. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and produced by John Simmons. <laughs>